Today on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, we're going to learn to knock down the barriers that you may have to a vibrant prayer life. God is a safe place for us. And the throne of God, because it's a throne of grace, it's where you can come and share your heart with Him and share your hopes and your hurts and your dreams and your fears and everything that's going on. You can talk to God just out of your heart. See, a lot of people, they say, well, I don't know what to say in prayer. Does anyone ever say, you know, I have this best friend, but I never know how to talk to my best friend. I don't know what to say to my, what do I say when I'm talking to my best friend? Nobody ever asks that question. They just have a best friend, and the best friend is somebody that you can talk to. The best friend is somebody that's going to love you no matter what. And you can tell him anything. Why does it sometimes seem like prayer is so incredibly hard for us to do? Well, it's because there's tremendous power in prayer, and the devil's not stupid. He, too, knows that there's great power in prayer, because he knows the true nature of God and the power of God. And so he does everything he can to stop you and me from praying. This is From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve who today will complete the lesson called Overcoming the Barriers to Prayer from the series, The School of Prayer. Now, to overcome the barriers, it starts with an incredible realization, at least for some, about the true nature of God and what God wants and can do in us through the power of prayer. In other words, oh, if we only knew what He could do, we'd be on our knees all day, every day. Right now, though, open your Bible to Hebrews chapter 4. Here's Pastor Jeff with part two of the message, Overcoming the Barriers to Prayer. Hebrews chapter 4, the scripture says this, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. Now, I'm convinced that if we get those verses that I just read deep down in our hearts, it will change our attitude toward prayer. And prayer won't be something that you have to do. It will be something that you'll get to do and you'll want to come to the throne and you'll come to the throne of God's grace with excitement and with joy and with frequency and with fervency and you'll see God work as you pray. So what are the barriers to prayer that keep us from real prayer? Number one, barrier number one, we don't understand that God understands our weaknesses. But the scripture is very clear that the Lord understands our weaknesses. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who's been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. The Lord knows about our weaknesses. Now, we kind of think he doesn't really understand. The word for 
sympathize, where it says he can sympathize with our weaknesses. That literally means to have the same feeling, to commiserate. He knows exactly what it feels like to be tempted. And he took all those temptations to the max, to the full. Now, you and I can't take temptation to the max, to the full, because when temptation gets too strong for us, then we fold like a cheap tent. And the huge temptation that was coming against the Lord Jesus Christ was to reject the Father's will and do his own will. But he kept saying time after time, not my will, but thine be done. Hey, what does all that mean? It means that he understands when you're tempted. I can talk to the Lord because he understands my struggles. He understands my problems. He feels for me. Well, that's the first barrier. We don't understand that he understands, but the truth is he does. Barrier number two, we don't realize that the Lord welcomes us to the throne of grace, but he does. Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Now, it's important to remember that the Bible here in this passage that we read talks about Jesus being our high priest. The book of Hebrews is a very Jewish book. And as a Jewish book, the audience, the Hebrews, they knew about uh, Jewish worship. And they knew about the temple and they knew what it meant for the high priest to go before the Lord at a special day called Yom Kippur, the day of atonement. And that guy, that high priest, once a year on the day of atonement on Yom Kippur, he would come in to the Holy of Holies with fear and with trepidation and with bloodshed. And he'd be sprinkling blood on the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant, sprinkling blood for his own sins and for the sins of the people so that God would take away the sins of the people for another year. He had to come in there every year. He didn't hang around in the Holy of Holies very long. They never did that. But now here is Jesus. He is our great high priest. And he offered up himself and he shed his own blood and he gave his own blood and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God once he made propitiation for sins. He's our great high priest. Now, when he died on the cross, the veil of the temple, the scripture says, was torn in two from top to bottom. And now there is no more separation between man and God. Why? Because he has gone through into the very holy of holies, into the very presence of God with his own blood, perfect as of a lamb, unspotless, the, the blood of Christ and given himself for your sins and for my sins. See, all that stuff in the Old Testament, those were just faint pictures and shadows of what the Lord Jesus was one day going to do. And that's what he did when he died on the cross and rose again from the dead. And because he did that, he paved the way to the throne of God. He took away the barriers to the throne of God. And you and I, we don't have to be afraid anymore to come into the presence of God. Do I need to have reverence and awe? Of course. But do I need to be quaking in my boots? Do I need to say with the people, oh, don't, don't let God speak to us. Moses, you speak to us because if God speaks to us, we may die. You know, you're never gonna get close to a God like that. You're never gonna really pray with openness and power to a God like that if you're afraid. If going before the Lord is like going to the principal's office, you know, and you're a kid in school and you just did something you shouldn't have done. I remember in eighth grade, 
I was leaning back in my chair. We had open concept at my middle school uh, where I went, and I was leaning back in my chair, and I lost my balance, and I fell. And right at the time I fell, a teacher was walking by, and I fell on her feet. And she wasn't very happy about that. And she took me to Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown was the principal. You never got taken to Mr. Brown. You got taken to the principal wannabes, the associate principals, you know? And uh, back in the day, I mean, you got sent to the principal in the 70s, and it was SWATs. Yeah, I'm going to see Mr. Brown. I'm scared to death. I'm sitting there thinking, God, I need, this is going to be horrible, Mr. Brown. And you know what Mr. Brown started talking to me about? 10 SWATs. <gasps> 10 SWATs. It's a scary deal. You go to the principal's office to see Mr. Brown. Nobody wants to do that. That's the way some people think about God. It's a throne of judgment. It's a throne. That's where you're going to get swatted, pal. Well, who wants to pray and, and come before uh, the Lord, this holy God who just killed these people because they looked in the ark and, and man, man, it's a scary deal. But it's not like that because Jesus has paid the price. And he says that the father sits on a throne of grace, on a throne of grace, not a throne of judgment, not a throne of condemnation, not a throne of disgust, not a throne of I hate you, not a throne of look what's going to happen to you now, pal. He doesn't sit on that kind of throne. It's a throne of grace, the unmerited favor of God. Silas Robertson, Uncle Si. I saw a quote the other day from Uncle Si, and he said, you know, he's asked so often to sign things. People see him, oh, there's Uncle Si, will you sign this for me, or whatever it might be, you know, this book, this cup, this whatever. And he said, when he signs stuff for people, he always signs it, and he puts the scripture verse, John 3, 16 and 17. And they asked him, they said, why do you put 16 and 17? He said, because many people know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He said, but they don't know John 3, 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. God doesn't want to condemn you. He wants to save you. And remember that in prayer, the Lord doesn't want to bust me. He wants to bless me when I come before him. We don't realize that he welcomes us to the throne of grace. And because it is a throne of grace and because the, the doors are open and the veil of the temple is torn in two and there's a sign that says open 24-7 and the Lord is here, you can come to him not because you're so good, but because Jesus died for you and died in your place and you put your faith and trust in Jesus and then you have free access to the Father and he wants to hear from you, from your heart. He wants you to feel safe in sharing your heart with him, to feel safe. You know, if you think of God as mean and cruel and he's got a big hammer in one hand and a, and a bag of thunderbolts in the other and he sits on the throne with a scowl and he, the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may uh, break up anybody having fun and he'd call you into the principal's office. If you see God like that, well, you don't want to share anything with God. Listen, Psalm 62, verse 8, trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him, God is a refuge for us. God is a safe place for us. 
And the throne of God, because it's a throne of grace, it's where you can come and share your heart with him and share your hopes and your hurts and your dreams and your fears and everything that's going on. You can talk to God just out of your heart. See, a lot of people, they say, well, I don't know what to say in prayer. Does anyone ever say, you know, I have this best friend, but I never know how to talk to my best friend. I don't know what to say to my, what do I say when I'm talking to my best friend? Well, nobody ever asks that question. They just have a best friend, and the best friend is somebody that you can talk to. The best friend is somebody that's going to love you no matter what, and you can tell him anything. Now, the best friend that I've had for the longest, my best friend is Jesus, and then my next best friend is Debbie, but the friend that I've had the longest, it was my friend on the basketball team, Mike Lurch. Mike and I, we've been best friends since seventh grade. And uh, he lives in the Austin area, so I don't see him all that often, but I talk to him periodically. And he's one of those friends that, you know, you just pick up the phone, you call, and it's just like, you know, you hadn't missed any time at all. I can tell Mike anything, any struggle I'm having, any problem I'm having, I can just share my heart with him. He doesn't judge me. He doesn't sugarcoat things. Sometimes he'll tell me, hey, you're being a jerk, or you're doing this wrong or that wrong. But he's always going to be my friend. He's always going to be there for me. He's always going to love me. He's my friend. And he's been a good friend. And I don't have to think when I get ready to call Mike, well, I wonder what we're going to talk about. Maybe I need to make some notes. So I see that, well, we talk about this, we talk about this, and we talk. Now, I just, we just start talking because we're friends. God wants to be your friend like that, where you just, you can talk to the Lord out of your heart. What's going on? And, and you can just share things with God, always with reverence because he's God, but not with fear. Oh, can't tell God that. You can tell him. Why? Because he understands your weaknesses. He understands your struggles. He understands your problems. He sits on a throne of grace and he welcomes you and invites you. Come on in and talk to me. It's a throne of grace. And barrier number three, we don't believe that he really wants to help us, but he does. He does. Let us therefore not draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That word confidence means boldness to speak. It means frankness. It means openness. And that's why we can share our hearts with him because he said, hey, be real with me. Let me know what's really going on. You can have boldness to really tell me things. Don't sugarcoat it. Tell me the way it really is with reverence, but let me know what's really going on because I want to help you that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Those two things are critical. See, we're all just a bundle of needs. You're a bundle of needs. I'm a bundle of needs. We just have needs. I need thee every hour, we sing. Well, I need thee every moment. I need thee every second. We're just a bundle of needs. Apart from him, Jesus said, you can do nothing apart from me, but with me you can do all things, so you need me. We come before the Lord because we find mercy, to receive mercy. Mercy is God's compassion. It's, it's God not giving you what you deserve. You know, when I went that day to Mr. Brown, and he's talking to me about 10 swats, and I'm saying, time out, Mr. Brown, can I get an emodium? I mean, we're talking about 10 swats here. I'm struggling. And uh, you know what he ended up doing? He talked about swats. He didn't give me any swats. Mr. Brown loves basketball. Mr. Brown played basketball for the University of Houston. He played with Guy V. Lewis. He was on his team. Mr. Brown was a good basketball player back in the day. 
And Mr. Brown, unbeknownst to me, knew who I was because I was on the basketball team. And he talked about how, hey, he said, Jeff, I watch you on the basketball team. I like watching you. you. You can really jump. I could jump back in the day. I used to be good, but uh, not anymore. But anyway, he didn't give me any swats. It was, it was wonderful. He had mercy on me. He didn't give me what I deserved. I deserved to get swatted, but he didn't do that. God has mercy. He has grace to help you in your time of need. What is grace? Grace is the favor of God, the approval of God. As one man said, the desire and the power to live for God, that's grace. Who doesn't need grace? Man, I need grace all the time. And the Lord says, I have grace. So why don't you come before me? Because I really do want to help you. It says in the Message Bible, so let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy, accept the help. He wants to help us. Do you really believe that, that God really wants to help you? See, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we say, well, I prayed for God to help me, but he didn't help me. Remember this about God. Sometimes we pray and we ask God to do things for us, much like we would come to a friend and say, hey, I'm in a bind. I need you to give me money. You know, if somebody has asked you for money, sometimes that's not what they need. Sometimes you can give people what they need acutely and it doesn't help them, it hurts them. We talk about enabling people. Well, what are you gonna do with that money? Oh, you're gonna buy drugs with that money? Oh, then you don't need me to give you money. And sometimes we come before the Lord, we're asking him for things and God said, well, that wouldn't be good for you. I can't give you that. If I gave you that, I would be aiding and abetting your problem. I'm here to help you, not to enable you to stay dysfunctional and sick. And so we ask God for things, and often the Lord says, well, I can't do that. I can't do that. I want to help you. I don't want to enable you. But here's the thing. God really does want to help us in the real way, in the deep way. The scripture says in Hebrews 13, verse five, let your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have, because he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. That's what God has said. I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we may confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What shall man do to me? And I want you to believe that. Get that down in your heart. He's not your condemner. He's your helper. He's your friend. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Is he your God? Yes, he's your God. But he's more than just your God. Here, here's something really cool. You know, the Bible speaks of prophet and priest and king. Three offices in the Old Testament. Prophet, priest, and king. Now, Jesus is prophet, priest, and king. He's all three in one. But now watch this. When Jesus came to the earth the first time, how did he come? How did this prophet, priest, and king come and live among us? He came as prophet. He came preaching the word of God. Then he died and rose again. He went up into heaven. What does he do in heaven? He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for those who are sanctified. He lives right now as priest. He intercedes for us to the Father. He is the propitiation. He's our great high priest. And when he comes again, how does he come? As the king, as the king. He's prophet, priest, and king, but he fills, fulfills those ministry duties in different times. First as a prophet, now as a priest, he's coming again to rule and reign in power and great glory as king of kings and lord of lords. He says, I want to help you. 
want to help you. The door to heaven is open. I want to help you. Why aren't you coming? Some of you, you know you're not coming. Why aren't you coming? The God of the universe who spoke the worlds into existence says that the door is open, but you're not going to come. Heard a true story about a little five-year-old girl some years ago. She was at the White House with her mother and she wanted to see the president. And so she broke away from her mother and she made her way past some guards and past Secret Service all the way to the Oval Office. And she marched into the Oval Office and the president was there. And when she came in, the president stopped what he was doing and he looked at her and she marched right up to him and she got up into his arms and sat in his lap and he gave to her his full attention and began to listen to her as she started to share her heart with the president. How in the world does something like that happen for a five-year-old girl? It happens this way because the president was John F. Kennedy Jr. and that five-year-old girl was Caroline, his daughter. My father's God. He saved me. I'm his son. And if you know Jesus, you are a son and a daughter of the king. And you can come right up into heaven's throne room and come right up into the lap of the God of the universe to find grace and mercy and grace to help in your time of need. And God is saying to you and to me today, won't you come? There are barriers to prayer. The truth destroys the barriers. And when you know the truth, the truth sets you free. And you'll want to come. You'll be excited to come. And there'll be nothing that will keep you from the throne of grace. We trust that today, the From His Heart broadcast has helped you to see the obstacles in your life, your separation from God, that have kept your prayers ineffective. And we trust that the message today will drive you to seek His face. One way to do that is to go to fromhisheart.org, click the Why Jesus icon right on our homepage. There you can find the answers that you seek and learn how to make that genuine surrender to Him in repentance and faith. Today's message was called Overcoming the Barriers to Prayer from Pastor Jeff's inspiring and practical six-message series entitled The School of Prayer. You can listen again online to any message you may have missed. Download a free MP3 of any broadcast when you go to the radio tab at fromhisheart.org. Being a Christian in today's world is not easy. There are opportunities and temptations for compromise everywhere you turn. But when it comes to God and what He desires for you and me in our lives, compromise is not part of the plan. It's not part of His plan. In Pastor Jeff's challenging and powerful six-message series, based on the book of Daniel, he shows us the steps God wants us to take to ensure that compromise will not be the defining factor in our witness for Christ and for His kingdom. The series is entitled, Shine, How to Live the Christian Life in an Unchristian World. And this series, in the format of your choice, is our gift of thanks to you for your support this month of any amount. And with that gift, we'll also send you the timely booklet, In the Face of Discouragement. Both of these resources are a gift to you for your support. To get yours, you can make your gift and request the series in the booklet when you call 866-40-BIBLE. 
1-800-340-BIBLE or go online to fromhisheart.org. Well, our time is up for today. Thank you for listening today, and we trust that you'll be back tomorrow for another message from Pastor Jeff's The School of Prayer series. That's when we'll again open God's Word and share real truth, real love, and real hope from God's heart here on From His Heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember that no matter what, God loves you, and He has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more about that when you go to fromhisheart.org.